It's time once again for another episode of All That's Jazz, the podcast that explores everything in the world of jazz. And here now is your host, Alan Scott. Hello and welcome to All That's Jazz. The focus of our episode today is about a musical love story and is a tribute to the shared life between vocalist Kate Baker and her late husband, guitarist Vic Juris. This story is performed and unveiled in an exquisite duo album by Kate Baker and Vic Juris, and it's called Return to Shore, which has been released on the Strike Zone record label. My guest is the wonderfully talented Kate Baker. Thank you for joining us, Kate, on All That's Jazz. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It means so much to be able to share the music. Well, I hope through the introduction of uh, this particular conversation today uh, that I have characterized it properly, that it is a musical love story. It is. I'm, uh, hmm. It's kind of sometimes hard to get through it. It, it truly is. I think... It was a, a magical thing that happened um, because when this started, when Vic was diagnosed with cancer, well, we had been, let me back up. We, we've been performing for years together as a duo. We, you know, we played a lot in Italy. We toured. I was on his gigs. We did a lot of performances our, through our whole marriage. And at that same time, I was also... Um, I also teach voice, and I have a prominent career in, in doing that. And and he also had his band, his trio, and he played with Dave Liebman. So, and then we would come together and we would perform. And that always was our time together. It was, no matter what was happening, even if we were arguing, when we would play, we would forget about what we were arguing about. <laughs> and so it was always our way of communication. I remember when Dave Liebman came to one of the performances and he said, ah, he says, well, how much do you guys rehearse? You know, you know, he really liked it. And we said, well, we don't rehearse that much. He goes, ah, it's that you're connected. And it's like being able to speak without words. Um, um, we could just feel that. And it, it felt always like um like a beautiful way to uh, uh be with your husband or you know for us together so it was always our time together and we would share that with everyone and it would grow and we were able to we learned to trust each other and we learned to really go off of one another and and that's um and and that was our way of communication on and off the stage so it was kind of all one and um, so we always said we were going to record it and we just never knew if we could get that same thing that we would get live because we would just start to uh, react to each other and it would be different every time. And if you're familiar with Vic's playing, 
it was always adventurous. You know, he would always take it somewhere else. Like I never knew where he was going to take it. Um, sometimes even I, I, I'd be like, oh my God, what, what is, what is he playing? But I had to just like trust my instincts. So, you know, it was never the same, but it really worked off of also the love of the audience. And, um, so that made the music. It wasn't just him and I, it was him and I and the people. So that's why it would be different every time. So I think once that would happen, um, we were like, okay, let's record it and let's see what it sounds like recorded. And, and, and it was interesting. So we would go into the studio. We went to Paul Wycliffe's and, you know, we would just test out a few things and, and we're like, oh my God, this is so much harder. <laughs> because we don't have the audience and so you know we, we were getting used to that and we were just trying out different songs uh, that we that we do and then later on I think we were we were talking to um, Tuck and Patty and we were in actually at that point they were going to produce us so I said we had a little studio at home I'm like okay let's just check out a few things and see what we like so we so we did that and the day that we did that um we recorded god only knows moonscape and return to shore and that day vic wasn't feeling good he his um he felt nauseous and that was the day we went to the hospital hmm. and and you know he had went, uh, gone a couple times before with being nauseous and they you know, they kind of dismissed it. And this time I, I said, no, this isn't in his head. You need to do other testing. And then we were told that he may not even make it out that weekend. Oh, my. So, and and I didn't know, like, that was the first time we did God Only Knows. Um, you know, I'm like, let's do this. I remember I had asked him to, to do it once before. I said, why don't you do it? Like, let's just hear it, just you. So that was kind of interesting. So... I'll fast forward. So then we had some of these tunes and we had tunes from the past and from here. And I remember always saying to Vic, Vic, I think we have to choose all new tunes. There's no theme here, you know? And, um, and he's like, come on, let's do, you know, we have to do what we do. And so after, um, he was diagnosed and we were fighting the fight, you know, um, we actually were performing and, I, I, we didn't really bring up the duo. We were busy trying to save his life and, and really basically perform just for the f sheer joy of it. And where we, and we had musicians come to the house. It was beautiful. And I think the, after Vic had passed, because it was so, so quick, it was six months, and Dave Stryker, he was our neighbor, our friend, our best friend. I mean he was amazing so we had the funeral and 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 it was just coincidental that as we were trying to figure out what to do for the funeral Paul Wycliffe sent me I've grown accustomed to his face and I just played it and it was from a few years ago and Melissa Walker was over and Dave and they're like we have to play this at the funeral so we wound up playing that at the funeral, and then Dave came over and he said, Kate, do you have any, he said, I promised Vic I would produce this and get this record out. He said, can I see everything that you have? Let's see what we have. So that's how this started, thanks to Dave. And um, for me, it was so painful, cathartic, 
healing, all these things at the same time. It was hard, but he, uh, both um, Dave and also Paul Wycliffe too, uh, they were very gung-ho. So I was like, oh my God, I actually got a frozen shoulder when I was recording it, just I think from grief. So he took a look at everything um, that I had. Paul gave him all the um, tracks. We, you know, we went through everything. And when we looked at what we had, which was God only knows. Return to Shore, which is like, that's a song that, that actually Vic wrote called Sim. And then I wrote the lyrics and called it Return to Shore. And even that's like, now I see the waves reflecting back in front of me, tranquil at the sea. The wisdom of the sea pulls me home, riding free peacefully. done together. I did re-sing Return to Shore because that was another song that I thought I want to re-sing that because and so we had the track of me singing it originally I took that off and I thought I want to re-sing that because now since Vic is in here the intent is different. So all the songs I've grown accustomed to his face you know, I would always sing that to him because, you know, being married, right? You know, some of the most beautiful part of being married, you get to be with someone, you're accustomed to who they are and, and their face. I 
and their different ways of doing things. And, and that becomes really uh, beautiful. And then it was interesting. And then we had Black Crow, because that was one of the up pieces we used to do. And, and that's what I felt like when, um, after I lost my husband and I was trying to sing again and put it, and where do I go from here? Because we had such a collaboration. And I just felt like that Black Crow coming down, you know? And, Thanks to Joni Mitchell, you know, uh, she, uh, you know, my ragged, ragged face in the bathroom light. I felt like that. Black and ragged, tree to tree. He's black as the highway that's leading me. Now he's diving down to pick up on something shiny. Feel like that black crow flying in a blue, blue sky. But now I really felt like that black crow. I'm like, Dave, I got to re-sing that. And it was hard to re-sing some of these because some of them were um, rubato. Like, you know, black crow, like I wind up doing the solo in there. I'm like, oh, we have an extra verse in here. All right, let, I'll just take it. Hmm. So it was all the experience of this whole thing was right in this record, you know, including the moon's a harsh mistress and, you know, how, how times get hard. Sometimes the moon is a harsh mistress, thanks to Jimmy Webb and, and Moonscape, which uh, Vic wrote and I wrote the lyrics to it and, and the shouts. And, and that song, that song is really interesting because when I um, wrote the lyrics to that, it, it was on a live gig that we were doing in Italy. 
And Vic called me up one day and he uh, called me up on the phone because he was at the rehearsal already. And he said, Kate, I want to do Moonscape. I want you to sing it. Can you, can you write some lyrics real quick? <laughs> mm. I was on my way over and those lyrics came through me, you know, and, um, and they're the, the lyrics that are on the record, you know, and um, um, at Border's Edge, the moon begins to sigh. It's like the memories of our past, memories of days gone by. Not like it's all about how we reflect, looking back and reflecting on our life, and right. and and I thought, oh my God, and you know, I I don't think in retrospect I would have planned a record like this with all about these things. In fact, I probably wouldn't, but this is what the universe planned, and and maybe the the universe was giving this us this message that we didn't even know. And Madalena, and, and then I was like, Dave, I don't know if I'm willing to put Madalena on here, you know, because now we saw the theme. And then I have a, a, some Brazilian friends and singers, Moshe, and different singers, and they're like, Kate, you know what this is about? This is about a love that's bigger than the ocean, that's infinity. She said, it's exactly what this record is about. And then both sides now, that was always our signature song and and that would mean something different as we got uh, as we got older. I think when we were doing both sides now, that was interesting because I resang both sides now. I was like, Dave, I don't wanna some of them we kept the original vocals and, and that's kinda interesting and some I resang. And I wanted to re-sing that to him and I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to get what we would get live. Mm -hmm. Because that was the last song that uh, we sang together live. And um, and also the same with Blackberry Winter. You know, I had learned that song from Vic, 
because he did a tribute to Alec Wilder. And, um, and the lyrics of that song are, you know, um, are so profound. And they're about, I'll never get over losing you, but I know that life goes on and the memories go grow dim. You know, but the Blackberry winter reminds me you were gone. songs are so profound with this both sides now and and blackberry winter we had we had the two of us which sounded good like we had those takes and you know first day was like let's just use these and i'm like because he died i wanted to sing them to him mm-hmm. so and i and so what i did was which is really interesting i could feel Vic when i sang them like i could feel his spirit so I could feel the timing and I could feel like I was with him. I would close my eyes. And the interesting thing that happened with those, I remember when we were getting to the end, it was like, it was so cathartic and healing and then, and painful. And yet at the same time, I was like, oh my God, this is going to be the last time I'm ever singing with him. And that was really hard. I was like, there's no more, you know? And, um, so we had it with, they had my voice on originally, but the timing on both sides now, which had rubato in it and Blackberry Winter, that really had to like spiritually connect with him. So I could breathe with him and know where he would take that breath and know where he would do that because he followed me originally on the, on the original cut mm-hmm. where it was me singing and he went with me. And now this time we had to reverse it. And I had to go with, and I had to, I had to just feel him. And I could f- almost feel his arms wrapped around me while I was singing it. And then, and then also I wrote a song called Are You Kind with um, my uh, a fellow um, singer and songwriter, um, Sherry Miller. And it's, and this I actually wrote for my father. And Vic and I put it down um, at home just to see what it would sound like. And I would sing it to him. And then I re-sang it. I never thought I'd be singing it about my husband. So I sang that about him.
So you actually re-sang some of the songs, but not some all of, of it. Not all of them, exactly. The ones that had the story that changed, mm-hmm. you know, and you could feel it. You could hear the difference in my voice. Like if you listen to The Moon's a Harsh Mistress, I've Grown Accustomed, you could hear the youthfulness. <laughs> not mold, no, you know, so that, and then you could hear the difference from that to uh, Blackberry Winter where I just re-sung that, you know, and you could hear that I went through something. Mm-hmm. It was really hard to get me in the studio because it was so painful to listen to all this. Now I can listen to it with love, but it was hard at the, in the beginning. The only overdubs that are on that record are God Only Knows and with the solo, just the solo part, and mm-hmm. Are You Kind, where he's playing all the other lines, you know. So it's it's a very personal record for for me so as far as recording you know i had things in the can but you know i had never put anything out and i was it was interesting that this is the first record i put out and i think this is just the way it's supposed to be because this means more than to me than anything obviously it does and you've described the entire album eloquently oh thank you you know and i really learned a lot when i was doing this And I I think that is really interesting, too, because I think part of this is I learned to not to be perfect. And now I listen back and I'm like, God, you know, uh, it's not about being perfect. It's really about the communication, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, you tell this to your students. And I guess as a teacher, you know, you you teach the things you need to learn, too. You know, and um I think that was a huge learning lesson, right? Because now I'm putting it out how many years later, we didn't touch a thing on it. And now I'm okay with it. Because I think it is, being a singer is learning about yourself. The, the million dollar question then becomes, Kate, why is it you never released this before? Oh, you mean that this record? Yes, the fact that you and uh, Vic had recorded all these sessions but then yeah. you, you never released a duo I, album together, ever. I know, I know. Can you believe it? And we always said we were going to. And I think, you know, I think it's because the universe wanted it to come out now. You see, and I think that that is why. Like, I think, because now, I, I wondered that myself, you know, um, because we would play all the time. And we were planning on doing that, like, um, uh, doing it, doing it all over again, and doing it live. Like he liked to catch everything live, first takes. He did not like overdubs at all. Mm-hmm. So that's how you know he envisioned the duo. So we were going to, but then he got sick. But still, before that, I think I honestly think now when I look back on it, it it's just it was supposed to happen now. There's nothing that means more to me now. Like the way that this came out, this, I don't care that we didn't release it before. It, there's something so valuable in the fact of what all these tunes mean, you know, on a personal level. So 
you know, uh, yeah, we could have. And we did, we did do something in Italy. We were doing this concert in Italy years ago, and mm -hmm. I have it somewhere. And so some, there was a producer or something in the audience, and he said, um, what, you haven't recorded a record? This is amazing. And he took us into the studio. We did it like in two days. Uh, we did some, we did a recording, you know, and we were supposed to put the, we were supposed to give the okay. And I'm like, uh, but we didn't, you know, so I'm, I'm like, I, other things came up, of course. And um, I just think now is the right time. And we did record a, a few albums that you're going to hear after this. Oh, <laughs> they have my original music on them and things like that, you know, so we have all the records recorded. We're just going to kind of go through everything again with that. But I don't know. I don't know how, how that happened. But the fact that um, this is my first album with a love story of my husband. It couldn't be more perfect as the first album. Mm -hmm. Well, it it's amazing, and and look at now what it has sparked, and that's the inspiration to continue and move forward. So now, as you just alluded to, you're about to release some other things as well. Yes. Now I'm like, after all this, now I'm like, all right, I'm a flood of like, of work that I've done. So I have a, a whole bunch of originals that I, that I have written and then I've recorded some of them, a lot of pop tunes that I've redone and actually Vix on some of those tracks too. So we're going to be releasing some of that, but it's with a full band mm -hmm. and um, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about that next chapter. You know, one, the one thing this taught me is that uh, you can't count on tomorrow, you know, and, and you have to really do the things that you want and put the energy into it that, that it needs to. So now, I guess, in this stage of my life, I want to get all my music out there and, and actually, you know, start learning more about myself because I've learned so much in this process and, um, and I finally feel ready. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's a little voice in your head saying, get off the stage and get in the studio. Right. There we go. Yeah. So now I'm like, all right, let's get it out. I mean, it was always hard for me. I don't know. I was one of those singers who I, it was always hard for me to listen to myself. I don't know. You know, sometimes I guess that happens to certain people, but it would happen to me. And I think for me, the big lesson is that there's beauty in imperfection and, um, you know, I think I'm okay with imperfect now. And I, I will tell you, Kate, that it's such that when people hear this, they will know right away that there was this love and there was this love story going on between the two of you because it's really evident, uh, especially on the plane that the two of you had worked, but also the respect for each other and, and the talents that are performing. My ride with Vic, like through all this, he, besides being my husband, he really mentored me. Vic was such an amazing man. It was in his eyes. He was so, such a kind person. And, and he, he cared about people. He cared about his students. He cared about his friends. He cared about his family. And he cared about me. And um, that's how, you know, we, you know, we really, our love was in the music. It was just there, and no matter what, we could always go there for that. 
So a couple of other things before we uh, wrap it up today. Let me ask you, you're still involved with education, uh, still uh, doing this quite actively? Oh, yes. It's my passion. I love it. I teach it uh, at the new school. I teach an improv class. I, um, I teach private voice. I have taught their performance classes. I teach on my own. I've had a lot of singers. Even I have a lot of contemporary singers. Even some of them are, you know, have been on those shows, you know, American Idol, you know, I've done very well on all those different shows. And yeah, I, I love being able to give back like that. Mm -hmm. You know, and a lot of those jazz singers on the scene are, are my students, like Tana, Alexa, and, you know, different singers. So it's always been wonderful for me to be able to share that because I came from, I had an abused voice. So when you go through therapy yourself, it makes it easier to start to be able to really teach. And I was going to ask you about that because I think someone had characterized you, and I can't remember who, but they called you the voice whisperer or the vocal whisperer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they call me that. Isn't that funny? I, I think, um, yeah, that's because I've been through so much, you know, and, um, and when you come back from an injury and you come back from any time through any part of your life that you had a struggle, you know, you learn so many things and you learn about teaching and you learn about the voice and you learn that it's a mind-body thing. It's not just the voice. It's also the mind. It's also the body. It's, it's all one. And so when you're healing, you can't just heal part of it. Like somebody might be afraid. And remember, the sound starts in the brain. Mm -hmm. So you really have to, you know, heal someone and, and work that area too. You know, and I think that the, the biggest thing about being a good teacher is always learning mm -hmm. and, and not thinking that you know everything and, and really always being open to learn. That is extremely well said, and I think that's what it's all about, too. So how can people learn more about you, Kate, and, and what's coming next, what you're doing now, uh, website, oh. social media? Oh, yes. Okay, so you can go on. Kate Baker and com that has all the information for these gigs and, um, and, and what I'm doing. And also I'll be at Birdland on the 30th of November and you'll hear some things off the record and also you'll hear some more original music. I, I really appreciate your taking time today to share with us the story of not only yourself, but uh, of this uh, beautiful, wonderful recording called Return to Shore. And uh, I wish you all the best with this particular recording. And I hope that our listeners will understand, feel, and appreciate the love story between you and Vic Juris. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure, Alan. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of All That's Jazz with celebrated vocalist Kate Baker. We'd like to thank Ben Sedrin for the use of Mr. P's Shuffle as our theme song. And visit us again next time for another interesting conversation on All That's Jazz. If you liked today's episode, please leave us a five-star rating on the streaming service you use. All That's Jazz is available on every major streaming app, including Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, as well as Facebook and online at allthatsjazz.net.